0: Good evening and welcome into Sports Talk on a Budget on this uh, beautiful Monday evening. It is uh, January 29th, year of our Lord, 2024. Got a big show for you today. It's going to be all about the games that happened yesterday in the championship week for the NFL. Um, before I get into that, please like and subscribe to the show. The uh, button should be right down there. If you prefer the audio version, we can be found on places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music, all under Sports Talk on a Budget. Like I said, this show is going to be all about championship weekend, going to react to both the AFC and NFC championship games, going to do a very, very small, brief look ahead to the Super Bowl. We'll do a preview to the Super Bowl next week, but this is all going to be about the games that happened yesterday and my overall reaction to the two to the two games and the two teams that are moving on to the Super Bowl. So with all that being said, let's go ahead and dive into the show. So first, one, uh, first game we're going to react to is going to be from the AFC, and that is the Chiefs-Ravens game, and that is the Chiefs winning in Baltimore at M&T Bake Stadium, 17-10 over the Ravens, and I had a lot of reactions to this game. And first reaction was just how the Chiefs came out, just punched Baltimore in the mouth, went um, went down the field, scored on their first two possessions, went up 7-0, then 14-7. And there's kind of that old adage or that old uh, quote from – Mike Tyson is everybody's a tough guy, everybody's um, everybody thinks they're a tough guy until they get punched in the mouth. Don't know if I quoted that correctly, but that's exactly what happened to the Ravens. Ravens came in, they had the ball on the first drive. I think they got one first down and then went three and out after that. And then this Chiefs team, which we've been talking about all season, the offense isn't the same, it doesn't look great, even in the playoffs when they've played well against Miami and Buffalo. People were saying, "Well, Miami and Buffalo's defense isn't nearly as good as the Baltimore Ravens, and they were banged up. They had injuries, but the Chiefs te- this Chiefs team did exactly what they had to do on those first two drives. Like I said, punched Baltimore in the mouth, went right down the field, scored on both drives. Travis Kelsey had, I think, seven receptions on the first two drives, including a touchdown on the first drive. He had 11 receptions overall in the game and over 110 yards receiving and that touchdown. So he had a great game, but." The Chiefs set the tone for the game right off the bat. You knew exactly how they were going to play this game right off the bat. And what they did for the Baltimore to the Baltimore Ravens is they got the Baltimore Ravens out of their comfort zone. This Baltimore Ravens team especially with Lamar Jackson They're not a team that likes to play from behind. They like to play with the lead, lean on their run game, lean on their defense, get after the quarterback with their defensive front, and then just pound you down your throat with their run game and basically bleed the clock and bleed the game. And then you look up, and they're up by two, three touchdowns, and they've basically just bludgeoned you uh, run after run. And then their defense, they can kind of just pin their ears back and rush after the quarterback and get after the quarterback with their stout defensive front. But what the Chiefs, like I said, what they did by just coming out hot and scoring on those first two drives, they forced the Baltimore Ravens to do things that they are not accustomed to doing and doing well. Lamar Jackson in the game had 37 passing attempts. That is not a recipe for success for Lamar Jackson and this Baltimore Ravens team. Yes, he's gotten better as a passer, but... I'd love to see the numbers. I don't think he's very successful when he has 30, 35 plus passing attempts in the game. He's more in a a 20 to 25, maybe 27, 28 at the most on, um, on a game basis. And that's where he's comfortable. And that's where they have their most success where he's almost, um, maybe 60, 40, uh, pass to run differential there. And it was not, it was not balanced at all. They had to drop back and pass. That is not what they do. That is not what this team does well. And, they had to get away exactly they had to get away from their game plan and i thought they abandoned their game plan kind of early yes like i said you got punched in the mouth by kansas city you went down 4-7 nothing then 14-7 and you kind of had to switch it up but you really didn't you didn't have to do a full switch you don't have to go just scrap your entire game plan and your entire offense of Game plan, which got you to this point. You didn't have to scrap that, but they did that. Todd Munkin and this offense totally did that, and they were playing catch up the rest of the game, and they are not a team that is accustomed to doing that. And it was only a 10 point spread. Listen, the game was 17 7 at halftime, and of course, it ends at 17 10. So it was only three points scored in the whole second half. Their defense came to play in the second half, the Ravens did. They shut out the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes in the second half. Um, had a lot of good uh, third down stops, but what they did also do in the second half, which cost them, they could have got more opportunities for their offense, but they had four personal foul penalties. in the fr- I believe all of them were in the second half as well, and all of them were legit, like Van Noy head Travis Kelsey. Now, I thought Travis Kelsey got away with a lot of trash talking and just a lot of kind of shit talking the entire game. And he probably should have earned a couple of flags, but he didn't. He never made actual physical contact. It was always just kind of chirping at the other players. But the Ravens players were the ones that actually made physical contact, whether it was Kyle Van Noy headbutting Travis Kelsey or was or their defensive tackle basically clubbing. Patrick Mahomes um, uh, alongside his head, basically two plays later after that Kyle Van Noy penalty. And then you had later in the game, Jadavian Clowney putting his head down and putting it and hitting his head into Patrick Mahomes. You just can't do that in today's game. And it was undisciplined play from this Baltimore Ravens team. And it was very uncharacteristic. This is a team led by John Harbaugh, John Harbaugh's fantastic coach this is a team, they don't beat themselves. They don't have these personal foul, these unsportsmanlike penalties. They don't do this, but they got just, like I said, they just got hit so hard in the mouth to begin the game that they decided they were going to change their whole game plan, and they got away from everything that makes them who they are, makes them the Baltimore Ravens, made them the by far number one team coming into the playoffs. They got away from everything. And it was only a 10-point game. It was only a 7-point game when they went down 14-7 and some of these things started to transpire. And some of these changes that they thought they needed to make transpired. They didn't need to do that. And they had opportunity after opportunity in the second half to get back in this game. You had had the uh, Zay Flowers play where it's a big play down the field. You got a ton of momentum. He stands over. Uh, luxurious need and trash talks him and then throws the ball on him and trash talks him even more and stands over him, gets a 15 yard penalty backs them up. They would have had the ball first and goal from like the nine yard line. They got to go all the way back to the 24 yard line. Huge, huge play and huge difference there. Then they get the ball back down there. Say flowers has an opportunity to score reaches out the ball as a Patriots fan. Bill Belichick would always say, you don't reach out the ball and you don't try to reach for that first down or reach for the end zone unless it's fourth down or it's legit the last play of the game. And he didn't need to do that. I'm, I'm pretty sure he could have just dove, kept the ball tucked on the side, and still scored. He had he had Legereus Sneed beat. He had to come from behind him and make that play. By the way, unbelievable play by Sneed there. Great play to knock that out and save uh, seven points from, um, from the, their defense of giving up on that play. But still... They Flowers just mental mistakes. He's a rookie. He can be at least he he can at least get away with that a little bit. But the other players, I mean, Kyle Van Noy is a veteran. J- Jadavian Clowney is a veteran. And then you had that just awful throw by Lamar Jackson when the game when they still had an opportunity to get back into this game. They're driving. They were all the way on their two yard line. They've already driven into the red zone in the Chiefs' territory, and he throws it into three. He throws in a triple coverage to his number two tight end. Isaiah Likely has come on and has played well in a lot of games, but you're throwing in a triple coverage to Isaiah Likely? What are you doing? What are you doing? Just an absolute terrible play by Lamar Jackson there. And it makes you kind of think, because it looked like to me what the Chiefs' game plan was. Obviously, the offense wanted to get out to a fast start and kind of get the Ravens uncomfortable, but the defensive game plan to me looked like we're gonna keep Lamar Jackson in the pocket as well as we can. We're not gonna let him beat us with his legs. We're not gonna let them run on. We're gonna make Lamar Jackson and this Baltimore Ravens team beat us throwing the football because we don't think they can, and it turns out they couldn't. That looked to me what the off, what the defensive game plan was from uh, Steve Spagnola, and it was a masterclass. They made him uncomfortable. They, he wasn't able to run. He didn't scramble nearly as much, and he had to drop back and pass. Over 40 times, and he had 37 passing attempts. So that's not a recipe for success for this Baltimore Ravens team. It never has been under Lamar Jackson. And I really don't think it ever will be because what makes Lamar Jackson great and one of the best offensive weapons and best offensive players in the league is his ability to run and to scramble in the pocket and to extend plays. Also, sometimes with the pocket and extend plays running down the field, his ability as an offensive weapon, not just as a quarterback playing from the pocket. That's what makes Lamar Jackson great. And that's what makes him just a nightmare for defenses to stop. And the and the Chiefs forced him to not be that guy, and then the Ravens played right into the Chiefs' hand and didn't make him that guy. You weren't down 20. You weren't down three touchdowns. You weren't even down 17. You were down 10 points and at 1.7 points, and you decided just to scrap your entire offense, which dis- which what got you to the point where you ha- were hosting the AFC Championship game, and you decided to get all the way away from it. Just the, I think it was just an, uh, an absolute out coaching by Andy Reid and Steve Smagnola over John Harbaugh and Todd Munkin, the new offensive coordinator in his first year for the Baltimore Ravens. Just an absolute out coaching by the Kansas City Chiefs versus the the Baltimore Ravens, and that was the difference in this game. Patrick Mahomes had a very, he has a solid game. He started out hot, had a solid game. But what he did um, versus what Lamar Jackson did is he didn't make any mistakes. And Lamar Jackson had the fumble in the first half and then that awful interception in the second half. And there's there's the difference sometimes. The Chiefs were the ones that played a clean game. They didn't have any personal fouls. They didn't have any um, unsportsmanlike conduct penalties. They didn't have any turnovers. And you're looking at the uh, Baltimore Ravens who had four personal fouls slash unsportsmanlike conducts, two turnovers, one in the red zone in the end zone and that's why you're going home. And when you get this far in the playoffs in the NFL, you have to play a clean game, especially when you're going up against the guy in Andy Reid who's probably going to end up being a top-five coach all time and is already top, I think, top four in wins right now. And a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, who could very well get his third uh, his third um, Super Bowl victory in the next in two weeks before he's turned thirty, I think he's only twenty eight as well. So, like I said, that was the difference in the game. Was very disappointed with the way that the Ravens decided to play this game, and their decision is the reason they're going home. Let's go ahead and move to the NFC in another just wild game, and when um and the game ended with the Forty Nine ers thirty four and the Lions thirty one. Lions came out hot. They scored touchdowns on their first on three of their first four drives. They were up twenty-one to seven. They were doing whatever they wanted to do. Over a hundred plus rushing yards in the first half. They were averaging, I think, like eight and a half yards per carry in the first half. Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery. They even had that end around to. Uh, Jamison Williams, which scored their first touchdown, they were getting whatever they wanted in the run game. And St. Brown was getting St. Brown and Sam Laporta were getting whatever they wanted in the pass game. The Detroit Lions in the first half on offense basically could do whatever they wanted, and they were averaging like eight, nine yards of play. But then halftime happened. And halftime happened, and they didn't make adjustments. And not only did they not make adjustments, But they were playing like they were down, it felt like to me, at least with some of the calls. I've heard a lot of different pundits that they try to defend. Dan Campbell, oh, he's been this aggressive guy all year. This is what he does. He goes for it on fourth down. And I get that, and I understand that, but this is the NFC Championship game. When you have the opportunity to go up three scores on the road against the team that you were a seven-point underdog against, you have an opportunity to go up 17 points. Yes, I know the field goal wasn't guaranteed, but... I think uh, Michael Badgley can make it. He made a 54-yard field goal earlier in the playoffs against the Rams. I know that was in a dome, but, I mean, yesterday there was no tough conditions to kick in in Santa Clara. It may as well have been in a dome. There was zero wind. It was 70 degrees, and it was still sunny at that point, or at least it was still clear skies at that point. So I think he would have made the kick, but either way, Then you could put it on the kicker if he misses it at that point. But when you have the opportunity to do that, I get he wanted to go up three touchdowns. You go up three touchdowns on that drive there, and you probably put the game away. But you didn't get the first down on those first three plays. It was fourth and two. You were in field goal range. Go up three scores. Because now not only do you have the momentum, you've scored again. You have them on their back. You have to kick the ball to them, so they're not going to get field position right there where you're at around the 30-something yard, about 35-yard line. No, they're going to have to get the ball. You'll probably kick it out of the end zone. They'll get it around probably about the same place, but they're starting a whole new drive. Now they're down three scores. You have momentum from another successful offensive drive. But no, you go for it on fourth down. Yes, Josh Reynolds should have probably caught the ball, but he didn't. And um, Jared Goff had to scramble a little bit, so it wasn't a great throw. And Josh Reynolds just couldn't get it. It was a little bit outside, but couldn't bring it in. But now what you do when you don't get that first down there, you give the momentum back to the San Francisco 49ers who felt like they had zero momentum and were reeling at that point and their backs were all the way up against the wall. You give them just a little bit of momentum that they have finally stopped you because they hadn't been able to do that all game to this point and stopped you on fourth down. So it's a big change. And two plays later, we have that huge 50-yard pass that goes off of, I think, C.J. Gardner-Johnson's hands and helmet. Brandon Ayuk makes an unbelievable catch on that play. And then, boom, momentum flips on a dime. They score. A couple plays later, Jameer Gibbs fumbles. A couple plays later, the the San Francisco 49ers score. And in the blink of an eye, you're in a tie game where you could have been up 17, controlling the momentum, controlling where, you can, where you're where you going to kick the ball. You're not setting them up. You're not giving them any momentum in this game by getting a fourth down stop. So, that first one there, I, I thought I thought was not a good call, and I thought was indefensible there. The second one, when it's in, later in the fourth quarter, you have an opportunity to tie the game back up. You're closer in field goal range. It's fourth and three, so it's a yard further than your first fourth down attempt. You have to take the field goal and tie the game. There's seven and a half minutes left in this game. They're not going to be able to hold. They shouldn't be able to bleed out the entire clock. You still have all three timeouts. But if you don't pick this up there, they were moving the ball at will. You go down 10, the game is effectively over. They go for it, they don't get it. 49ers go down the field, get another touchdown, and basically put the game on ice at that point. And so Dan Campbell to me, yes, I love his, his bravado, the way he just wears his emotions on his sleeve. And yes, he's an aggressive guy. It's not analytics for him. It's just aggressiveness, and it's just the way he coaches. But you do have to switch it up a little bit when you get into these big games. This isn't week five. This isn't isn't even week 18 or week 17 late in the season. This is the NFC freaking championship game, and you have a chance to go to the Super Bowl for the first time in your franchise history. And you're not an expansion franchise that just got created you know, last week. You're an original franchise that's been around since the 40s. You have an opportunity to go to a to a Super Bowl, and you're going to call plays like that, and you're going to make those kind of decisions. To me, obviously, I don't think he should be fired. I, I thought that a little bit last night, but no. He's taken them to to a place they've never really been before and to an opportunity they've never really been before, even though he kind of squandered it. Shouldn't be fired, but he has a lot of explaining to do. And I would sit, I would sit him down and be like, hey, we understand this is what you do. This is who you are there's a difference if you want to do this in week 5 against you know the green bay packers or the minnesota vikings go ahead be my guest you're not going to do this when you're up 14 on the road against the nfc the nfc's number 1 seed in the san francisco 49ers you're not going to do this when you have them their backs against the wall you're not going to give them any momentum take the field goal take the points Because your ultimate goal is to win this game and get on the Super Bowl. You don't need to blow out this team. Your ultimate goal is to win the damn game. Kick the damn field goal. Get the three points. If the kicker misses it, that's on the kicker. But take the damn points when you have the opportunity. Especially when you have the opportunity to go up three scores. Or in that second scenario when you have the opportunity to tie the game. So... That was kind of my reaction there to what happened there. But just to look at the 49ers, they made adjustments in the second half. Their defense played a lot better. They were a lot more stout against the run, even though the Lions only had eight rushing attempts in the second half. I thought that was not good either. You got totally away from what was winning you the game and what was your bread and butter in the first half. But the 49ers made the adjustments, and you have to give them credit for capitalizing on the mistakes that the Lions made, whether it was the blown fourth down calls or whether it was Jameer Gibbs um Jameer Gibbs's fumble or Josh Reynolds drops. The 49ers took advantage of those opportunities and capitalized on them and got touchdowns and got themselves back in the game, got themselves a lead, put the foot put their foot on the gas and basically didn't look back at that point. They scored 27 unanswered points in the third and fourth quarter. And then Brock Purdy is a guy I still think isn't an elite quarterback, but he is definitely a quarterback that you can rely on in big moments, and he showed that the last two weeks. The last two weeks, he's had poor first halves, came back in the second half, played better, played really well in fourth quarters, made big throws on big drives, and the key yesterday for the 49ers and for Brock Purdy was those key scrambles at the end of the game. He ended up um, having four key scrambles at the end of the game where he averaged almost 10 yards a carry, and got first downs basically on every single one of those carries. Those were huge because that's not in the off, that's not in the defensive game plan for the Detroit Lions. It's just to worry about Brock Purdy's legs and Brock Purdy scrambling. That's not in their game plan. That's not that's not what they're thinking about when they're thinking about stopping your offense. And that's a difference that Brock Purdy added to this game. Made a couple of big throws. He had one, I think, to Jawan Jennings where he threw across his body and kind of just dropped one right over um, right over the corner safety that was guarding him. So hats off to Brock Purdy and having a great second half. Hats off to the uh, San Francisco 49ers for making those adjustments and capitalizing on those mistakes by the Detroit Lions. This team is a team that probably shouldn't have won either either of their playoff games. But their maturity and their mental toughness and their way of capitalizing on mistakes that were made by the Packers two weeks ago and that were made by the Detroit Lions yesterday is what is the reason that they're in the Super Bowl? Now, could they get behind 14 or 17 to the, um, to the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl and probably overcome that? Probably not because... The Packers have, and Lions have good quarterbacks in Jordan Love and Jerry Goff, but they don't have Patrick Mahomes. There, there's a difference there, obviously. So either way, hats off to the Lions and the Chiefs. They will be obviously going to the Super Bowl and playing on February 12th, that Sunday there. Early line has kind of moved all around. It started at, um, I think it was 2.5, minus 2.5 for the 49ers. Now I think it's all the way down to 1.5 or even 1 for the 49ers. I think that fluctuates. Early look, I think I like the Chiefs in this game. It's just hard to give Mahomes and Reed two weeks to prepare for you and not think that they're not going to come out with an awesome offensive game plan. And then that defense for the Chiefs is just nasty. They get after the quarterback with Chris Jones up front and George Karloftis, but their back-end guys, whether it's Trent McDuffie or LeJarius Sneed, they can shut down They can shut down wide receivers. So guys like Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, they can guard them. Maybe not one-on-one. And Debo Samuel's a little bit more of a Swiss Army knife. He's harder to guard, but either way, like I said, it's just hard for me to think that the Chiefs and Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are going to get two weeks to prepare for a team and not come out just firing on all cylinders. And... Yes, I still don't love their offensive personnel outside of Mahomes and Kelsey, and I do like Pacheco as well, but they find a way. And this 49ers defense, as we've seen in the first two playoff games, yes, they do make adjustments in the second half, but as you've seen in these first two games for them in the playoffs, you can run the ball on them. You could throw There's yards to be had on this this 49ers defense. Isn't the 49ers defense of last year or the years prior when they had D'Amico Ryans and Robert Sala at the helm? Of the defense coordinators, this defense is a lot more susceptible than they've been. They don't get after the passer nearly as much. Basically, Bosa's the only guy that gets after the passer on a somewhat consistent basis. You really can run the ball on their defense. And you can actually pass the ball on their secondary as well. So early look at this game, I would lean towards the Chiefs. Of course, things are going to come out in the next couple of weeks that could change my mind. But early lean would be the Kansas City Chiefs. You'll get my full Super Bowl preview next week. I'll break down the entire the uh, Super Bowl game and then I'm going to try to get some people on to make their picks as well some of my friends and family but either way this has been Sports Talk on a Budget thank you for watching and listening of course you can find this on YouTube under Sports Talk on a Budget please like and subscribe to the show right underneath here and then if you prefer the audio version you can listen to this on Spotify Apple Podcasts Amazon Music or basically wherever you get your podcasts thank you again for watching and listening and have a great day